Welcome. This is a Vascular Forum interview. Hello, I'm Magla Kavalonite. Today, in this Vascular Forum interview, we have the unique pleasure of talking with the editors of the Virtual Vascular Textbook, one of the newest and most ambitious projects coming from the ESVS. Launched in September 2020 and available through the ESVS eLibrary, the Virtual Vascular Textbook already consists of eight chapters and will continue to grow. To talk about the new textbook and education in vascular surgery, we have with us the senior editor of EGVS, Professor Martin Bjork, the former Secretary General of ESVS, Professor Sebastian Tabu, and former Editor-in-Chief of the British Journal of Surgery, Jonathan Earnshaw. Thank you for making the time with us. Thank you. Well, thank you too. We would like to begin by asking, how did the idea come up to publish a new vascular textbook? Okay, Martin, here I'll start and my colleagues will continue. My personal uh, start with this is that I started a distance learning course in vascular surgery with participants from about half of Sweden in 2002. I've trained about 100 vascular surgeons, radiologists, clinical physiologists, and angiologists during these 19 years. And the course had, has a duration of three years. And we always used Rutherford's vascular surgery as the textbook for the course, since it was the most comprehensive book covering all aspects of our speciality. But over time, I became more and more frustrated with this textbook because it's, it has a bit of the America first approach. The number of authors outside of North America that increased during the first years of this millennium have decreased in later years. And the textbook is less relevant for vascular surgeons outside of North America. Uh, so that's one issue. And the other issue is related to the fast development of our speciality and the general technical development in communication. The thick and heavy textbook feel outdated. There's so much more we can offer in the dynamic virtual environment. So when discussing the idea of creating a virtual textbook with Sebastian and Jonathan, they both embraced this idea and off we went. And we have actually been working with this idea for about three to four years. So it's not something we made up just from one day to the other. I'm sure Jonathan and Sebastian can tell more about their input, how they started thinking in these ideas. I think you, it's Jonathan here, I think you miss out on a vital component of this, which was beer, because I'm pretty sure that this started with three friends having a beer together who'd all written vascular textbooks discussing how it would be possible to produce a more superior digital textbook that people would use in a, in a better way and, and in, in a grander way because of, of all the advantages of digital publishing than the textbooks that had gone before. I think the pub environment was crucial for the development of the idea. I agree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think this, the, the initial idea started years ago. I think it was developed every year until we finally launched this idea. And now I think we are in a perfect setting because we introduced this really novel textbook, which includes actually all opportunities of novel communication, including videos, including talks, lectures, discussions, podcasts, whatsoever. So 
I think this is a great new idea, quite innovative, and should be should be very vital and uh, continue to be. Right now, there are eight chapters available with new chapters coming up every month. Is there any plan that the textbook will be completed? Well, the textbook never will be complete because it is a continuous process of innovation and renewing old chapters. However, we have the intention to publish every month two to three chapters. We are on a process of completing the textbook and we will cover the entire field of vascular surgery and medicine, well, within the next year. And we would like to also ask, how do you select the authors for each chapter and how is the revision and editorial process set up? Well, we are three experienced editors and we have a great network of knowledgeable colleagues that we invite after consensus within the editors group. And we do encourage authors to invite another one or two co-authors and give them clear instructions and strict deadlines. And it's common that we invite a team of one older, more experienced, and another younger writer. Uh, That also may replace the older author in in future revisions. So this has been more or less the model, but it's based a lot on knowing people. Virtual vascular is up to date with the latest data, but at the same time, it includes all the necessary classical knowledge of the field. Could you tell us what are the main challenges you have to face when creating this innovative textbook? The the key thing with any textbook is content. Content is king. You want to maximize the amount of information that's in a chapter. The idea of virtual vascular is that we want the text, the core text, just like any textbook, to be up to date. So we've asked experts in the field to contribute. And also, as Sebastian's already mentioned, we've asked them to pepper into their uh, chapters, lots of digital media. So uh, videos, uh, podcasts, all the sorts of things that people are interested that surround and enhance a a digital textbook that you can't possibly do in an ordinary textbook. As, uh, As Sebastian, I think, said earlier, we're very experienced editors. We've all written textbooks. We all know what we would like to see in a chapter for ourselves, but that's only part of virtual vascular. We're hoping and expecting that as time goes by, that we will create a community so that people will tell us which are the good chapters, tell us which are the bad chapters, and tell us when chapters need updating so that we can build on what we've got already and make it even better. But would you say that virtual vascular is aimed specifically at trainees or can active clinicians also benefit from reading the different chapters? The content of chapters include actually everything. The uh, basic knowledge on physiology, pathophysiology. We intend to include anatomy, vascular anatomy, and actually start up building content on physiology, pathophysiology of different diseases, and then turn up to end with the very latest and novel concepts in treatment and be very inclusive in this. This is a open community textbook, of course, primarily dedicated to ESVS members, but it's open to the entire vascular community and authorship is not just related to, to membership within ESVS. Talking a bit more about education, what do you think are the biggest educational issues for current trainees? I think it depends on which phase the trainee is in and in which environment the training takes place. 
The first years are focused on learning to dominate open and endovascular surgical techniques, as well as medical treatment and overall patient management. And although the most important factor for a good learning environment are the mentors, we believe that multiple chapters in virtual vascular will be quite helpful in this initial phase. We will include information on anatomy, surgical techniques, etc., all the basic stuff you need. Later during training, surgical decision-making becomes more important, as well as knowledge how to handle different complications. Here, the trainee will also find many chapters covering the evidence base for treatment, links to keynote papers, and much more. The other issue about the environment is that many are not trained in academic units although that differs between countries. But if you are trained in a district hospital, you often get excellent hands-on training, clinical know-how, but you may need more academic input. And then virtual vascular becomes an important tool, both for the trainee and for the supervisor. And what about uh, after finishing training in this rapidly evolving field with ever-changing technology? What do you think are also educational issues for practicing surgeons? The surgeon who stops learning is the surgeon that quickly becomes a dinosaur. Uh, and everybody knows the importance these days of continuing medical education or CPD, whatever it's called in, in various countries. And what we hope is that virtual vascular will be the way that people keep up to date. And keeping up to date is something that textbooks are not really very good at because, as everybody knows, as soon as a textbook is published and often before it's published, it's out of date. What we hope with virtual vascular is we can keep it as up-to-date as possible so that it will maximize the benefits for continuing medical education. And what do you think are the areas of vascular surgery that trainees do not see or engage enough in their training but will be on the rise in the future? Well, this is a very, very difficult to answer question because our community is global and content of vascular surgery is really differing from country to country. And um, as we all know, um, we have the, the biggest innovations which are growing so rapidly within endovascular treatment options. I think this will be a very important part in the future also in developing our specialty. I think if we would have drawn the decision in earlier years to keep endo treatment out, our specialty probably would have been dead. So I am very happy that we um, were inclusive in this decision. This is the one point. The second is, as Martin already pointed out, medical treatment, conservative treatment options also arise. And I mean, novel pharmacology, novel treatment opportunities in the antithrombotic field, in the anti-diabetic field, the anti-lipids um, treatment opportunities. These are all options we need to face and keep in our scope. So we should also always be very inclusive here. What subjects of virtual vascular chapters do you think will definitely need an update due to the rapid development of results? I think in principle, most chapters will need updating sooner or later. Maybe not the one on anatomy and anatomical variations. That's pretty stable. But most areas in vascular surgery are in rapid development and will need update after two, three or five years. We have facilitated this process in several ways. By having a team of old and young authors that I mentioned, there's a natural progression of authorship. 
and the chat function in virtual vascular results in that the editors and the authors get a continuous inflow of reactions and suggestions from the readers. And this will help them to know when chapter needs to be updated. And it could be minor changes that maybe an important study was published that we need to add to the chapter or a complete rewrite. So the readers actually are affecting the textbook by their input and their reactions. And, and this, it's this interaction which is unique for this uh, virtual vascular textbook. I believe it will be very different from the old textbook. That's great. And I just wanted to ask, what additional literature would you recommend that would supplement virtual vascular textbook? Well, we are linking to the uh, to the ESVS e-library. So the idea is that there should be signposts within the chapters to material that's uploaded into e-library already. So that's one important thing. Um, I guess the, the only thing that's likely to be more contemporary than uh, virtual vascular would be journals. And you would expect with uh, the former editor of BJS and the current editor-in-chief of EJVES us to say, you should be reading the journals as well. These are very important. That's great. And we would like to hear from all of you, what were the textbooks you used while being in training and what particularly you liked about them or missed in them? Professor Bjork's and Professor Debus's textbooks, they were my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, gents. It's your turn. <laughs> and I like your journal, Jonathan. That was... <laughs> well, no, but to be honest, we should all stay engaged in the activities ESVS offers the community. Two weeks ago, we just finished our uh, latest third edition of the ESVS Masterclass, covering merely all aspects of aortic diseases and treatment opportunities. It was a bunch of opportunities to look at, and we, we tried to include all those videos within, within the chapters. This is a fantastic source of absolute on-time knowledge, and all these things should be followed up. We should really keep keep on following what's going on within the society. And last question, can you reveal to our listeners what chapters they should expect in Virtual Vascular next? The next chapter coming any day now is, is the one on asymptomatic carotid artery stenosis. Then we have three chapters in pipeline on dominant aortic aneurysm repair. The first one is infrarenal open repair, standard operation. Second one is a standard EVAR. And the third one is on complex dominal aortic aneurysm repair. That is to say, juxta and perirenal aneurysms. And there we have integrated both open and endo in the same chapter. So I think those three chapters will cover the great part of dominal aortic aneurysm. There will later also be a chapter on iliac aneurysms. Then we have a chapter on quality improvement in lower extremity occlusive disease, which is almost finished. And another one coming on distal and pedal bypass surgery for occlusive disease also. Did I forget anything, Jonathan or Sebastian? I think that's most of the next ones, yes. But they're coming in all the time. They are, yeah. We have some basic science chapters coming too. 
And of course, we are always searching for good authors and everybody um, is welcome here who has experience in writing, has specific experience and expertise in specific fields. We are always happy to get new ideas to keep virtual vascular a living resource of novel knowledge. Indeed, exciting content ahead. We encourage everyone to go to the virtual vascular and see for themselves what we've been talking about. Just go to the ESVS website and click on the e-library tab. It is free for all ESVS members and available through an annual fee for non-members. You can read the chapters online, download them, or even print them. You can comment online about the chapter's content and look for related material in e-library. Lots to see. Thank you very much for your time today. And thank you all for your efforts and knowledge you are investing in this fantastic project. Thank you. Look out for the next Vascular Farm podcast. They're all available, open access in SoundCloud, Spotify, and the ESVS library, as well as EJBS Vascular Farm webpage. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.